We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. Who's that knocking on the door? It's got to be a quarter to four. It's Jesse Styers. I'm Sean Styers. It's overreaction Tuesday. Tuesday. If, if only there were something close to us that people were overreacting to. I don't know. Let's. <laughs> uh, we got a lot to talk about. We're you know with things that we're going to overreact about, maybe underreact about. On today's show, we've got some uh, different news that I'm going to start with as well. And since Father David is asking about this. Man, right on time. Right off the top, we are going to do it. So Jack Collinsworth, of course, who did not make the trip to Dublin last week to do the play-by-play for NBC. Uh, news broke this afternoon. I think Pete Sampson from The Athletic was the first one to have it. I've been searching around to see if there are any. there's any other you know, press releases or anything uh, out there. Jack Collinsworth is not going to be doing the home opener for NBC this week either. Paul Burmeister from the Notre Dame Radio Network, who also works for NBC Sports, is going to fill in for Jack Collinsworth this week. Jason Garrett is uh, still going to be doing the uh, the anal- filling in the analyst role. So it'll be Paul Burmeister from the Notre Dame Radio Network, Jack Collinsworth, uh, not in the NBC booth once again this week. Again, he was reportedly ill last week, and that's why they said he didn't make the trip to Dublin. So uh, do sincerely hope that Jack Collinsworth is feeling better. You know, there, there are people on this show and on social media who've kind of taken their shots at Jack Collinsworth or whatever. We talked a little bit about it yesterday when we were talking about the job that Noah Eagle did filling in and again he's was reportedly ill so we do sincerely hope that he's feeling better i don't know anything more than that though father david or or anyone else who uh who asks i don't know the extent of any illness because it's really just within about the last hour or so i know it was tweeted earlier but i just saw it within the last hour or so because i've had some other stuff going on today as well so it'll be paul burmeister no official word on who's going to do the Notre Dame radio network. I assume it's going to be Tony Simeone, who already works for the Notre Dame radio network. He is the Notre Dame men's basketball play-by-play announcer. And in the past, a couple of years ago, 
when they did, uh, I, I believe it was the Notre Dame game that went to when they still had the NBC Sports cable network when, uh, when, when the game went there and Mike Tirico was out. Uh, Paul Burmeister filled in in that instance, and Tony Simeone filled in on the Notre Dame radio network. So I assume that that is who it is going to be because he is already, I believe he was doing sideline uh, sideline work when they were over in Dublin last week, which I believe is relatively new. I don't think he was doing that last year, but Tony does a great job, does a lot of different stuff in the Notre Dame radio network. So I assume he'll be filling in, and Paul Burmeister is, again, does a really good job, and and he'll be filling in for Jack Collinsworth. And again, uh, we we obviously wish Jack Collinsworth well, and and hope that he is feeling better soon. With you know, to miss two weeks is uh, sounds like something fairly serious. So hopefully, he's up and feeling better soon. Um, on the same subject of Notre Dame on NBC, the ratings are out for Saturday's Notre Dame Navy game. Three point eight one million viewers i believe was uh the number that i actually i saw 3.56 and then i saw something else that said 3.81 but in any case 3.56 million viewers is what i saw compare it to last year's first game on nbc first notre dame game 2.48 million the 3.56 maybe this is where i saw the 3.81 the 3.56 for last week's game the most since 2021 when 3.8 one million watched Notre Dame versus Cincinnati. Not too bad. And, you know, we were talking about this just yesterday in rapid fire. Would you want to see Notre Dame play Navy at the beginning of the season every year? I said, yes, I think it is in the best interest of Notre Dame. If one, it puts Notre Dame in a, in a more advantageous position to use the entire off season to get ready for the triple option. You play the triple option it's a one-off and you're done rather than doing it in the middle of the season. So I think it's it's better for the team competitively. And again, you do it at the start of the season when there are fewer games being played. Look how many people watch. I think it's a bigger event when you play it at the beginning of the schedule as well. Yeah, so talked about a lot of stuff there. First, first uh, off, I, I think that uh, Paul Burmeister will do a great job. And just a little side note, he has – some experience doing some games with Jason Garrett at the USFL level. Um, That's right. Have some sort of, you know, they've done games before. It's not, it's not like a cold call. Yeah. Some guys showing up that have never worked together. I think that's going to help um, them out uh, going on to kind of the ratings type situation. Um, and, and, you know, the implications of playing Navy at the beginning of the season, I think it's clear and obvious um, that there was nothing lost by playing Navy in that uh, first game of the season. And I think specifically putting it week zero uh, when there's not a lot of other games going on. And so if you want to continue, you know, that pattern down the road, I, I don't see any reason why not to put Navy at, at week zero, um, get the triple option over with, get, you know, be prepared for them all summer um, and really minimize your injuries kind of going forward. And I saw another stat that the 3.8 million uh, was the most for an NBC home game since the Cincinnati game back in 2021. So uh, pretty, pretty big numbers for opening weekend against Navy. Absolutely. Big numbers, big time numbers. And we've got, uh, we're, we're, we're going to do the overreactions now as, uh, as we kick off this Tuesday, a lot of things to uh, overreact to already. Some overreactions have been coming in. Joe just talking about Brady Quinn saying that this is the greatest Notre Dame team 
that he has ever seen. I mean, that is an overreaction. That's a big the, one. To the 10th power. Barrett Salee from CBS Sports and XM College says Notre Dame is 100% a college football playoff contender. He says it's not a hot take. Fighting Irish usually are at worst a top 15 team. Now they have a quarterback. Yes, Navy isn't great. That shouldn't prevent you from being very impressed with Notre Dame now for talking about national tatter contender. That's an entirely different discussion, but that is from Barry so, Selly. What do you think? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That, that statement to me, oh, first of all, I'll take the praise, right? Because Notre Dame being a college football contender, that's something uh, great to hear, right? Um, and especially with a lot of question marks after eight and four season, new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, defense was in question for a lot of people. Just overall, a lot of question marks. So when, when you hear that Notre Dame is a college football contender, I think that's a, that's, I, I don't think, I don't see that as an overreaction. I think if Notre Dame continues you know, listen, they're eight and four last year. Uh, they're, they're better this year. And to me, better means that at worst kind of a 10 and two minimum. And I think that's, you know, knocking on the door of the college football playoff. And I also think that it's kind of contradictory to say that a team is a college football contender, uh, but not a national championship contender because we're not in the expanded <laughs> format yet. So there's only four teams, right? If you're in the front of four teams, that means you're a contender for the national championship. You're automatically a national championship the national contender. Championship. That's right. I, wouldn't you that was the only part fun? that was that yes. was a little like contradictory to me. It's like you, you you're one or the other. You're you know it's it's not or sorry you're you're both. You're not one or the other. If you're if you're a college football contender, you're probably a national championship contender at the same time. Because we're, again, we're only at the four four team system uh, right now. So that was the only part that I was like, well, kind of contradicted yourself there a little bit. And I was I was kind of saving the Brady Quinn stuff, but I mean it is out. I just saw it this afternoon after we had kind of put the show together, and I was like, wow, this would have fit in with what we're talking about. But at the same time, like he's talking about the receivers that Notre Dame has, both the combination of size and speed, and the fact that for the first time, really, Notre Dame with Sam Hartman has a quarterback who can work the outside of the field with those receivers 
like really none of the other quarterbacks that Notre Dame has had in recent years have been able to do. And that was a big factor, the way he was able to get it out to him, working the perimeter. Man, in, in, it's in like a, I just, got a whiteboard for this. Yeah. <laughs> do you have it ready to go? Do you want to I do can it bring right this now? up right now. It, it'd be a great segue to kind of go into one of these things that I have. Do you want to do it? Okay, go ahead. Whip it out. Um, so this play was um, right before the, the Great House touchdown. All right. Um, let me figure out which one it is. I got many boards up. Um, can you see this? There you go. There it is. Yeah. So um, I, I had to telestrate here a little bit to kind of remind myself what was going on. Um, this is, I can't remember down in distance. I want to say it's like it's okay. second, third and long somewhere in there. Um, at balls on, you know, just about midfield, uh, Notre Dame is in kind of a, uh, a, a 20 or a 12 personnel. So you got two tight ends balls on the left hash. You got two tight ends to the, to the boundary side, running backs to the boundary side. Um, and then you got two wide receivers split out to the field side, kind of both hugging the right hash. One guy's just on the inside of the hash. One guy's just outside of the hash. Um, what happens on this play is, again, it's, it's a third, I believe it's a third and long, second and long, something like that. A couple broken plays. Their name's kind of stuck back. Um, Navy brings a blitz, um, and they also stunt their field side defensive end and defensive tackle. Um, so defensive end crashes down. Defensive tackle kind of loops around. Um, and then these both of these tight ends release uh, for kind of, you know, one, one, one tight end kind of runs a streak, another tight end runs a flood route across the middle. Um, and, and basically what, what happens here is the seas kind of part, and this linebacker uh, to the boundary side has a clean hole right to Sam Hartman. This running back doesn't see him. I believe it was uh, – who's number 12? Is that Jeremiah Love? Yes. Uh, Jeremiah Love, first, you know, true freshman playing, can't, can't really fault him a whole bunch. He steps to the right side. Noticing but at the same time, but at the same time – you hear Dela McCullough, you hear running backs talking about you got to be able to pick up the blitz if you're going to be on the field. You don't want to get your quarterback killed. And so that that changes maybe the situations where a guy like Jeremiah Love can see some some playing time in the future. Right. And so instead of stepping up and, and really stonewalling this linebacker, you know, between the guard and tackle, he kind of he slips underneath Sam Hartman and goes off to the right. And that leaves this linebacker on a clear shot to Sam Hartman. I believe Sam Hartman notices this realizes this, uh, stays in the pocket, steps up, takes an absolute hit, but he delivers a strike to Deion Colsey on a, out, on a basically a, a post route towards the sideline. It goes for about 10 or 15 yards. They pick up the first down, um, and then the next play is the great, you know, great house's first touchdown. So the reason why this is a big play to me and why I kind of want to highlight it is, first of all, Sam Hartman has the experience to step up into the pocket when pressure is coming um, and ultimately take a hit. And not only does he take a hit, but he does what Brady Quinn is talking about, and he really expands the field or works this deep post route to the sideline. That's that's a hard throw to make for a college quarterback corner when you have route. to stand in the corner. When you have Come to, on. It's a corner. Yeah. It's not a post to the sideline. It's yeah, a corner, corner route. route. Corner <laughs> route. But it's still hard for a quarterback to take that kind of hit and deliver that ball across the field, right? Like you're working – you're all the way on the left hash, and you're working a corner route all the way to the sideline, you know, uh, to, to the field side. So – I, I, this goes to what Brady Quinn is talking about. Notre Dame hasn't had a quarterback that can stand in there and make that kind of, you know, uh, again, a throw under pressure, but then ultimately a, a deeper throw to kind of dig his team out of a hole and get a first down. Yep. Big difference maker, big difference maker. And we've got to some people 
with their own overreaction suggestions. N.D. Saylor, Dion Colsey, is his game for real? There are two sides to this. One is like you see Dion Colsey. He went out there and made a couple plays. That diving catch on that low ball that he was able to scoop yeah, up and on the sideline and, and catch, and obviously the catch and run that he had where he broke a tackle. So, like you look at that, and there's there's some obvious ability there. Here's what, and I'm you know maybe you can say this with some of these other guys as well. You can apply it across the board. How are they going to do against Power Five type competition? Are, like, is he going to be able to make that same play? Uh, on that on that catch and run for you know just just as an example or is he just a guy who really just kind of elevates his game like is he a gamer you know is he a guy who steps it up on Saturday even though we saw nothing in any of the practices that we were able to go watch that said Deion Colsey is going to be a guy making plays on the ball and making plays after he has the ball in his hands. Yeah, I think the situation with Deion Colsey is ultimately he's going to step up in games because, again, I, I, it goes back to a bigger kind of fundamental thing that we've been talking about. I, Sam Hartman doesn't care if it's Deion Colsey, if it's Jaden Greathouse, if it's Rico Flores. He's going to throw the ball to the guy that's open. He's going to throw to the ball to the guy you know to, that, that is the right read. And so when Deion Colsey just happens to catch the ball, I just think that's him reaping the benefits of having a really good experienced quarterback. So I, I don't necessarily think that, you know, Deion Colsey, it's the resurgence. I think he's a good wide receiver and given the opportunity, he's going to make his plays. And I think that's what it's going to boil down to is Sam Hartman is just allowing him to, to make plays by putting the ball on him. Steve said Tobias burned the safety on that same play. Was he the one running the post? Was he in the slot on that? Yeah, play? he was in the slot and he did. But, you know, again, when, when Sam Hartman's getting that kind of backside pressure in his ribs, I think he, he didn't just have quite the time. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't see it. And, and, and you know, I'm sure Sam Hartman went back and film, noticed something like that. And, you know, maybe next time they run that play, that, that is something he'll be looking for, but I, I'm sure he wasn't expecting the, the linebacker to come clean and, and stick, stick it to him. In exactly. The ribs. Exactly. <laughs> Quarterback got to do what a quarterback got to do. Got to stay alive out there. Fortunately, it worked out for him. Let's talk about Tobias Merriweather, though, because there was at least some initial overreaction to the fact that he had no catches in that game. We've talked about, you know, like on that play where he's got his guy beat, where he's open, but Sam Hartman just didn't have the time to deliver him the football. There was the screen that he dropped, and there there was also – the deep pass. And I think you can look on that deep pass to the end zone a couple of different ways. One, as we talked about on yesterday's show, it was initially called pass interference on the field. It should have remained pass interference. There's no reason the flag should have been picked up because it was clearly pass interference when they showed the instant replay of it. But at the same time, I think my biggest my, my biggest thing that I was looking at with Tobias coming into this season based on the body of work that we got to see in practice, how was he going to do on those 50-50 balls? Because he is not quite as physical as a guy like Jaden Thomas, especially, but even a Deion Colsey, Jaden Greathouse, those kind of guys. He did not show that same kind of physicality going after some 50-50 ball type situations in practice. So what do you think about what you saw from him and what do you think about him going forward. I still feel like he's going to be a big contributor in this offense. And it works a little bit of both ways. Yeah. I think the issue with Tobias is, 
so so there's to me there's negative and positive outcomes that came out of the game on Saturday. Negative outcome, didn't like to see the drop ball. Um, and even though that there was a pass interference on that play, and I, I I will I will fault Sam Hartman for not for not maybe making his you know one of his better throws yeah um, of the day a little bit. But I think in that situation, Tobias has to like you said he has to become physical and and work back and go up for that kind of and, and make it more so a 50-50 ball because he's got size, he's got the advantage. I would love I would have liked to see him kind of put his foot in the ground, work back towards that underthrown ball a little bit, um, and and try to you know make it a contested catch. So. I, I, but, you know, at the same time, he's a young wide receiver. It's early in the game. I, I don't fault him for not making that sort of play. Um, I, I think the positive that comes out of that kind of Navy game is, you know, things didn't go Tobias's way, obviously. Had, didn't have any catches. But you couldn't tell by his body language. And he still did the things he needed to do um, in other aspects of the game. He made good downfield blocks. Um, he still ran his routes. Uh, and that's the thing is in, in route concepts, other guys have to run their routes for other guys to kind of get open. Tobias still did his job. It's just that the balls ultimately didn't, didn't land his way. And again, Sam Hartman's not just going to throw the ball to Tobias because he's Tobias. He's going to throw to the guy that's open. That's going to help right. them win the game. And so I just think that as the season progresses, Tobias is going to be in more of those roles where, where, the, where he's just naturally open. And that's where the read is going to take Sam Hartman. Yeah. If, if Jeremiah Love picks up that blitz, then it's probably a touchdown to Tobias right. in that case because of the, the route that he ran. It's just But instead of getting mad about that stuff, he still right. continued to do his job throughout the game. Right. And I and I think that, you know, like when you go back and you're doing film review, they're gonna see that on film. Tobias, you ran a good route in this case. It's just that the situation wasn't there for Sam Hartman to get you the football. I, I in the I think it'll come out in the balance. Because, like, the other side of that is Jaden Greathouse. And I, I know we've got our fan, our friend Salty Virginia Peanuts, who's been on the great one, as he calls him, Jaden Greathouse, all along. And a lot of people are as well. He had a great game. You know, but, like, is this going to be a guy who's going to score 15 touchdowns and have 800 yards? Again, I think this is going to be kind of a week-to-week situation where when you've got a quarterback like Sam Hartman – He's not going to be forcing the football, as you just said. He's not going to be forcing the ball to guys. He's got great targets all over the field, and he's going to find the open guy more times than not. That's what a guy with six-year experience will give you. So I still think Jaden Greathouse is going to have a great season, especially for a freshman. But <laughs> Both of these gonna, guys, you know, overreaction, overreaction Tuesday is it, Greathouse continued the stretch throughout 12 games. Like you said, that's like 15 touchdowns and – you know, 800 yards. Do I think he gets 15 touchdowns? Heck no. I think that he should, he'll, he'll be happy with six, seven, maybe eight touchdowns by the end of the season. I think his, his yardage will be kind of closer to maybe that six, 700 range. You know, I, I just think that, you know, great house going to regress back to the mean Tobias Merriweather is going to regress up to the mean. And I think a lot of, that's what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of kind of like not mean or average type players, but I, I just don't think you're going to have a, like a statistical anomaly type guy amongst this wide receiver room. I just don't, I think a lot of guys are going to be consistently kind of around the same numbers when the season is over, you know, a lot of six, seven, 800 guy yard guys with maybe six, seven, eight yard touchdowns. And I would take that knowing that Notre Dame could dice you up multiple ways. They don't have to rely on this receiver or that receiver. It's just a matter of who the ball is going to get to uh, per that play. 
USMA 87, did you see the tweet of Greenhouse's mom reacting to the touchdown? I did not. Did you see that, Jess? I did not see it. Yeah, I have not seen it either. So, sorry about that. Andre, he said the quarterback made plays. End of story. I guess nothing else to overreact to, huh? <laughs> Uh, what else do you have whiteboard of the, any, do you have some defensive stuff? I wanted to talk about Al Golden, like, you know, a lot of people down on Al Golden as defensive coordinator, you know, maybe a lot still are right now. Defense had issues against the option last year. He obviously figured it out and a lot of it figuring it out on the fly. It limited the midshipman to 126 rushing yards and just 2.6 per carry Saturday. So here's a question for you like you know again people were were on al golden maybe things were too complicated last year that's a fact he had also been in the nfl for six years and just coming back to college uh, there there are no nfl teams that i know of that run the triple option and he hadn't seen the triple option for a little while big difference between season one versus the option in season two how how big how big is is that first experience, do you think, for him, seeing that for the first time last year and then looking at the adjustments he was able to make this year? Yeah, I think it, it, you kind of, you know, hit on it there a little bit. No, no no team in the NFL is worried about the triple option. And I would say majority of, of the NFL and kind of what Al Golan was going through in that last season is he needed to figure out actually kind of how to, how to stop, uh, you know, so, some of this spread passing attack. I, I think the NFL was transitioning – towards more of, you know, Patrick Mahomes kind of SD, you know, offenses really spreading teams out, running a lot of uh, routes and stuff. And so the transition between, you know, NFL to college. And then when you talk about the triple option specifically, I, I do think that's a hard transition. I think if it's something that you haven't, you know, gone up a, a, against in, in a while, or maybe even in your career, it's, it's something that takes a little bit of homework. It takes, you know, studying and trying to figure out, you know, what your keys are and how you guys, how you want your team to line up, um, et cetera. And I think last year, Kind of showed that. I think Al Golden had enough kind of smarts to get through the game, uh, but it wasn't pretty. But now that he had another year, probably went back, watched that same film, watched some Kennesaw State film, and really put together a good game plan. And I think that showed this season um, against Navy. And I think that I think this is a, a reoccurring theme that you're going to see amongst this Notre Dame defense. I think it's going to be ultimately, and you know, I, I even last year advocated Notre Dame was a top 25 defense. They just got railed because of the, the, the red zone uh, efficiency on defense, right? And so I, I personally didn't mind that stuff because, you know, I, I get it. You don't want to give up points, but they were giving up a lot of field goals. They were holding teams to, you know, not as many touchdowns. Scoring is very subjective. So I, I think, again, you're going to see an even better defense that was already good um, from last year. You're just going to see a more refined defense, a more polished defense. And that just comes from being in a, a, a to me, a, a a system for a second year, right? And not only for Al Golden, but for these players as well. Now you're going to see it more traditionally as well. And um, Single Digit Dreams asking how we think the defense is going to play now that the option is behind them. I think it will be good, and I think it will be better. And, like, just look at look at how quickly – again, I don't know. You do have to take a little bit of – the way they were able to react with a grain of salt, just because it is triple option, there there are fewer and more specific keys that defenders have to read against the option than against a traditional offense, so there will be some finding out. I just think that a year in the system, 
simplifying things a little bit. And with the way that defensive line plays in front of them, the linebackers are going to be much quicker to the football this year. And we saw better tackling from the linebackers specifically in Saturday's game as well. What did you think? Yeah, I thought the the linebackers um, were tremendous. And and before I kind of get into that, I, I got to shout out to my guy Steve H here in the chat. The issue with that stat is they didn't take into account how little they allowed the opponents to get into the red zone. I was preaching that last year. I know I was screaming at the top of my yeah. lungs. It, That's the thing. They were they were really bad once they got into the red zone, but they were actually really good at keeping things out of the <laughs> out red of the red zone. It's <laughs> just that when they got into the red zone. They couldn't stop them. That's why it was such a skewed stat, but everyone right. wanted to latch onto it and and kind of make it Notre Dame's downfall. But, but I wasn't buying it. You know, I wrote the article about a month or so ago about how Notre Dame fared statistically in some of the key statistical categories that tend to determine how close you are to being a champ. You're like, are you a national championship contender? And red zone defense is not one of those things that are predictive of of being a championship team. Ohio State made the college football playoff last year, and they were not that much better than Notre Dame in red zone defense, yet they were in the you know, in the playoff last year. Right. There, there are other statistics that tend to be much more important when it comes to predicting that kind of stuff, overall success. I would definitely agree with that. Now to get, on to, to get back on track uh, to your main question <laughs> here about linebackers um, and, and their play, it, it leads me – to um another uh, whiteboard do i smell the whiteboard coming yeah 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 um this was one of my favorite plays um of the game actually and the, it, it's a real simple play and I, I have to make a disclaimer i don't know what navy was thinking um running the ball on the perimeter against notre dame i, I really did not understand well, that. well i think it was that. because notre, i think it was because notre dame's defensive tackles took away and linebackers took away the fullback up the middle so much, didn't you? Like, yeah, but again, when on third and long, uh, and knowing that I, I am outmatched athletically on the perimeter, I, my first inclination would not be uh, trying to run the ball. But I would agree that that was kind of probably the segue that led them to that. You know, Notre Dame's defensive tackles and linebackers were stuffing that fullback dive, and so you know what? What else were they supposed to do? You can't keep doing kind of the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. So you know, in terms of Notre Dame's linebackers and tackling. You know, I, I know that there might have been a missed tackle or, or, or so here. I don't really – the only thing I'm going to say about this is if you miss tackles because you're trying to strip someone, you don't go for strips until the gang is there. You, yeah, you know what I mean? That's, that's what I was going to ask you, but, like, that's maybe the, the biggest knock in Kaiser's game from Saturday is that play that he had, as good a game as he had, I think, overall, that play that he had where he gets to the ball carrier first, he stands him up, and he's trying to rip the ball away from him. And that's he just kept trying to rip it, even though he couldn't get it. And then the next thing you know, the guy's like going. Yeah, so I was I was yards. always taught you don't go for the strip until the gang is there, right? If you're okay. the first guy there as a linebacker, you do everything you can to tackle him first. And if you can't for some reason tackle him, you hold him up and, and then you let all your boys get there. And at that point, that's when you start trying to go for the strip. I would never start trying to strip someone of the ball, kind of going one-on-one -on -one head up with someone personally. And I'm sure Kaiser – has been taught that, and that's something that they're going to probably reinforce that he can't he can't do. He can't go for strips until kind of, you know, the convoy is there, essentially. Um, but when I'm looking at linebackers, I'm looking more so at their pursuit to the ball and are they getting to the ball 
um, you know, at the line of scrimmage, maybe behind the line of scrimmage and not three or four yards um, down the field. And I thought this was a perfect play uh, for that situation. Uh, Notre Dame was in third and five, about five and a half minutes left in the first ball on Notre Dame's 39. Um, you know, this is after Notre Dame score. This is a key, a key possession here. You can't allow Navy to go down and score after you just, you know, took the opening drive um, for a touchdown. So again, we're looking at third and five here. You know, Navy is a four down team. So you have to do a lot here to, to really make it a, 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 a no yard or, or maybe a, you know, a tackle for loss in this case. So what happens uh, Navy brings Navy's on the left hash. Uh, they have a tight end uh, to the boundary and a wide receiver to the boundary. And then they have a, up back or an H back uh, to the field side, wide receiver to the field side, quarterbacks under center. Um, and then there's a running back directly behind the center. So as this play progresses, um, wide receiver to the field side goes in motion. He takes a jet sweep to the field side. Um, and in this, in this, in this situation, um, you know, Kaiser is the field side linebacker Bertrand's in the middle. And then Leofau is into the boundary here. Um, first of all, Maris does a great job of a block destruction on this left guard. He beats the left guard and is allowed, is able to scrape over the top or essentially replace Bertrand, um, as a backside kind of leverage type man. Bertrand immediately notices the polling right guard shoots in behind him. Kaiser does a great job, um, of setting the edge to the field side, meaning that he's the last guy. Uh, to the sideline, he's setting the edge. He's allowing everything to funnel back inside funnel back to inside. him. Yeah. Um, and so basically what happens here is Kaiser traps him over the top. Bertrand comes underneath of him, and they basically make a gang tackle at him on him at the line of scrimmage, and that's what you want out of your two linebackers. Great pursuit of the ball, noticing that this right guard is pulling. And, I mean, this is a great play schematically. This, this, this wide receiver is taking this ball in a jet sweep. He's got a right guard pulling out in front of him. He's got a tailback pulling out in front of him. He's got an H-back pulling out in front of him. He's got a three-man convoy leading him to the field side here. But again, Kaiser sets the edge. He funnels it back inside. Bertrand cuts underneath the pulling guard, and they basically just sandwich the running back uh, for an, a no loss, uh, you know, no yard, and maybe even a loss here. And, you know, Navy has to end up punting, um, and, and it kills the drive. It allows Navy not to score after Notre Dame just, just went on went up went up uh, on their own possession as soon as you started pointing out who the linebackers were on that play i knew exactly what play you were talking about when jd runs shoots that gap as you said and then runs him down from behind again but just really quick is, recognition really quick recognition on his part right and, and, and again kaiser setting the edge that's such a huge thing because everything now has to funnel you know back, back towards inside. the field back towards the field and what do you have you have bertrand coming uh underneath you have maris leofau who beat his block and now he's scraping over the top. It's just it's just funneled right into where Notre Dame wanted this play to go. Really good defense on that particular play and uh, just just overall that we saw from from them Saturday. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Anything else that you've got whiteboarded up 
that you want to get. We're going to do whiteboard again on Thursday. So if there's anything you want to save, that's fine. But if you have uh, more, we can hit we can hit some tonight as well. Well, Thursday is always a, an opponent type preview uh, right. whiteboard. These are more playing into my overreaction um, uh, Monday. And I, I, I have two plays I want to show. Um, both of these go to the overreaction Monday of Sam Hartman is the best quarterback that this team has seen since Brady Quinn. I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's even debatable. Non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. <laughs> I, I found a stat uh, the other day: career snaps by starting quarterback. Uh, Ian Book has a combined somewhere around let's say like twenty six hundred. Uh, Tyler Buckner had hundred and seventy. Jack Cohn had thirteen hundred. Brandon Wimbush had eight hundred. Sam Hartman thirty five hundred <laughs> career snaps. And you know what that means? This is this is this is the overreaction. Sam Hartman is going to lead this team to heights we haven't seen since Brady Quinn. Where he's going to lead this offense to production that we haven't seen since Brady Quinn. And I'm going to show you why on a couple of whiteboards here because those career snaps play a big part in, in Sam Hartman's game because he can recognize just about anything. He's seen just about everything. So um, I'm going to get into um, a, a real simple play here. Uh, this was a, uh, I believe a, a third and long. Yeah, this was a third and long. Um, this play came after the only penalty on Notre Dame, the holding on Mitchell Evans, um, tight end. It, it is like third and 11, third and 12. So, so what does Navy do? They come out in this look where, um, they have seven guys on the line of scrimmage. They have four defensive backs kind of playing, you know, seven, eight yards off the ball, kind of giving a cover four look. And they're, and it looks like they're bringing the house, right? Third and long, bringing the house, four guys back in pressure. So what does Sam Hartman do here? He uh, he notices this, uh, gets into a quick audible, real simple. He, he All of his wide receivers are basically running streaks to, to, clear to vacate. To, yeah, to clear out or vacate these defensive backs. Um, Navy ends up bringing seven or sorry, six in this case, uh, middle linebacker drops out and, and kind of plays like a spy in the middle of the field. So what does Sam Hartman do? He leaks Audric Estime into the flat. And, and what does that mean? Audric Estime is one-on-one -on -one with a linebacker that's already, you know, six Trying yards. To play catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Six yards, you know, away from him. Uh, that's the easiest completion of Sam Hartman's day. He dumps it down to Audric Estime. Again, these wide receivers are vacating. Um, Audric SMA catches it, and it's easily, you know, just a, a, a nice pickup on, on third and long. I thought that was, again, the experience to notice this, you know, six-man, seven-man front. Notice that they're probably playing cover four, and these all guys are going to have quarters of the field, so why not run these guys on streaks? You know, vacate everything out. Now you got Audric SMA one-on-one with a linebacker that's already six yards behind him. I'll take my chances um, with that play. So, again, that's just that's just Sam Hartman's experience. And, and what's going to ultimately help this team uh, be an offense we haven't seen before. He's going to be able to check into plays and get out of plays that are going to be most beneficial um, to the offense. And I have another play well, kind of just, just real like quick, that. You look at that play, and Navy obviously tried to show more guys and line more guys up front that Notre Dame could block because they had a numbers advantage at the line of scrimmage with a running back in the backfield and all those receivers out like you talked about. But that is – once again, formationally going against what maybe you think was going to happen. And, and, and I find it really curious that 
Yeah, Navy had a lot of success last year against Notre Dame, doing some of those same kind of things. Because what they did to the side, obviously, that Audric Estime leaked out to, they brought that guy off the edge. He was untouched. It didn't matter because all Audric had to do was get over there off the edge, and then it was just a little dink by Hartman to Estime. That's backyard football. I just – I thought it was a little ridiculous on Navy's part that they really thought that they could do the exact same things (laughs) that they did against Notre Dame last year. And Notre Dame was going to have no adjustment for it coming into this game this year. Just, I don't know. Yeah. And that, that leads me to kind of uh, my, my last whiteboard of the day of just Sam Hartman and Notre Dame just being, you know, prepared and outsmarting a Navy team. That again, how did they think that they were going to run the exact same look as last year, um, and Notre Dame not be prepared for it? This is this is the same drive uh, about three or four plays before Notre Dame finds itself in a third and long once again. Um, and, and what does Navy do? This is the first time that they show this look that they showed in the second half of last year's game that really gave Notre Dame confusion. Ball is on the left hash. Uh, Notre Dame is in, uh, you know, twelve. 12 personnel, no, not even 12 personnel. They're in um, 11 personnel, I believe, or no, 10 personnel, 10 personnel, no tight ends, um, uh, all wide receivers. They go two by two, two wide receivers into the boundary, two wide receivers to the field side. And Navy, again, shows up in this look where they have three defenders outside the right tackle. They got one defender uh, head up the center, and then they got two more defenders um, outside the left tackle. Um, I think Notre Dame recognized Sam Hartman had to recognize this. He gets into an audible. He brings his farthest wide receiver into the boundary on motion in motion Um, on snap of the ball. That guy in motion is right about the left tackle. Um, And and all he does is he, 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 he basically hits a wham block or a kickout block on this, you know, outside man of the right tackle Uh, right tackle gets the first man of the line of scrimmage, right guard and center double down, on the nose tackle, left guard and left tackle reach their guys on their side of the line of scrimmage. Um, and then they let this this last guy um, on the right side kind of come free because they're running back here to the left. And so now uh, there is a wide open hole for Audric Estime uh, to, to hit it here on third and long. And that's what he does. He hits the hole. He grabs, you know, 10, 12 yards and, and picks up a big first down, keeps the opening drive going. And Notre Dame ends up scoring. And, and again, to me, this is such a, a big deal or an overreaction because Sam Hartman twice on this drive and third and long noticed splits, got into simple checks, um, and ultimately led the Notre Dame to an opening drive touchdown and started a statement. I can't say the same that Drew Pine would have done that last year. Notre Dame would have been punting on this opening drive last year had Sam Hartman not been the quarterback of this team. And I think that's very evident. And I think that it set the tone early. And I think it drastically changed the the trajectory of the game when you can score in that first possession and your quarterback can check you out of plays um, and and get you into a better play. So let me ask you this. As this team now, when we talk about quarterback development going forward, because that is a big piece to this whole thing, having a guy with Sam Hartman's experience and two inexperienced quarterbacks that he's got in the room with him right now, how much more do you think it helps these two young guys when they're in their first film session and they're sitting there and they're watching how a successful play like that was made versus having to try to teach last year 
when it was a negative play for Notre Dame and the, the like Tommy Reese was going, this is not how this should have been done. This is how it should have been done versus this is a perfect check. The, you know, this, this was done perfectly this way from a learning standpoint, how much difference do you think that makes for those two young guys in there? Well, yeah, I think it makes a huge difference because <laughs> to be honest, when you, with you, when, when, uh, when you're watching film and coach goes, Hey, you know, that you should have done this, this, and this. And it's like, okay, coach, that's, that's real easy to say, you know, right. And in the moment, you know, obviously I'm trying to do that. I'm not, you know, I'm trying to make my reads and get to this, you know, ideal situation. But then when you actually have a guy who can put it on film for what it's supposed to look like, I I just think it gives it more validity at that point. I think it gives. And also be able to explain why he did it that way. Right. And it just makes that process a lot bit, a lot easier because again, it's so easy for a coach to go up there and be like, you screwed this up. This is how this is supposed to look. Da, 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 da. And it's all hypothetical. But when you have someone who actually pre-snap recognizes the play, makes the check and then executes the play it's a very it, it, it gives that blueprint to those backup quarterbacks of it it's just not words it's actually you know this is what this is the success that can happen if you're able to do the things that you're supposed to do